Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Impacting Life 24-7 with your host, C.L. King. And I bet you guys are wondering, where them folks at? Well, we're right here. I just wanted to make sure we got everything set in the studio for all of you that will be tuning in from the north, the south, the east, and the west for my very, very special guest. This this is a very short notice guest. We got to fly him in on short notice. The one and only Dr. Nate Dunlap. Now, let me tell you, before he comes on, I want you guys to understand that Dr. Nate Dunlap has been a friend, a mentor, a brother, and somebody who I can confide in for many, many years. And Dr. Nate Dunlap is the founder of the PRF Institute, which we're going to get into tonight, a 501c3 organization that teaches communities around the country God's principles of possessions, resources, and finances. As a religious educator and community leader, his life of ministry through PRF is to help transform the economic landscape of over 200,000 people in the next seven years. Now, Dr. Dunlap is a modest man. He's a humble man. But let me tell you something. He comes uh, with a whole lot of weight. When you mention Dr. Nate Dunlap in the room, people start taking note of it. And I'm going to tell you why. Because he is not just about lip service. We got enough people out here giving lip service to to things and changes, etc. But Dr. Dunlap has rolled up his sleeves and said, it doesn't matter if it takes me seven or if I have to do it in 70, I'm going to make an impact in the economic well-being of people around the country. And that is why he and I have connected because this show is about impact. It's not about lip service. And if, th- if that's your type of show, you're not going to enjoy this. But I'm telling you, if you will t- get a pen and pad and get a paper and take notes and listen very closely. And then after this is all over, connect with the great doctor. I'm telling you, you will do yourself a service and you'll be thoroughly, thoroughly blessed. Greg Smith is already in the house, got the PRF Institute uh, uh, label already in the chat. Welcome, Greg. And welcome to these studios, the great and wonderful Dr. Nate Dunlap. There he is. I there love he is. it, man. <laughs> and, and listen, as I've said on many times before, yes. all I need to do is have you anytime I go to speak. Because yes. if I have you when I go to speak, I probably don't have to speak as long. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. I know exactly what you're saying, Dr. Dunlap, because you got to spend part of your time getting the people believe you're 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 worth listening to, isn't it? <laughs> So, thank you, my brother. Thank so thank, you. so thankful for you taking time out of your schedule to be with us back here on Impacting Life 24-7. Uh, full disclosure, Dr. Nate Dunlap has been a partner and PRF Institute has been a partner of Impacting Life 24-7, a sponsor, a financial sponsor of this podcast almost since uh, its inception. And he continues to support us. They continue to support us month after month. And for that, this is why Dr. Dunlap has full access to all the bells and whistles here at Impactville. And so, Greg, let everybody know that the doctor is in the house. Now, we got a, you know, we got a, a, a double header tonight. So I got to pull everything I can out of you. And then I'm going to let you go. And then I'm going to go on to the next one, the faith group, after we're done. But, doctor, one thing that I wanted to ask you up front, okay, and this has been on my heart all day. 
because we don't put a premium on ignorance, but I don't think we do enough focus on the the work, the discipline, the work ethic it takes to make it to your educational status. I'd like for you to give us just a little bit of background on your journey to becoming Dr. Nate Dunlap, because I want some young people to hear this. You know, they think, man, I just go down to Bojangles and get me a doctor. I want you to tell us your, <laughs> I want you to tell us your journey um, and, and the levels that you went through, the steps that you went through to, to become uh, Dr. Nate Dunlap. The floor is yours. Absolutely. Thank you. And again, thank you for, for the, the invitation, Brother King. Um, you know, I was a pretty I was a pretty good kid growing up in Philly. And, uh, you know, I, I think I was groomed for college because that's what that's what you heard in the household. Right. In, in the 70s and 80s, you heard go to college, go to college, go to college, get a good job. And, and at some point during my high school years, I kind of started smelling myself a little bit. Uh, when I say smelling myself, I didn't take my my grades and schoolwork as serious as I was throughout the rest of the time. And fortunately, I was in this thing called Air Force Junior ROTC. Ooh, okay. And because I was in Junior ROTC, um, I determined around 10th, 11th grade that I wanted to go to the military. So college really wasn't what I was thinking about. I didn't think I needed to have great grades. Went into the military, entered the military at 18. As soon as I turned 18, I popped smoke. And then I realized after about a year, I was in Saudi for a year, came back. And then I realized that you had to have college to get promoted. For real, for real. Yeah, for real. So um, I, I wind up, uh, wound up going to Virginia State because I was in Fort Lee, Virginia, in Petersburg, Virginia. Mm. And we used to hang out on the campus and hang out on the yard. And then I just kind of made a conscious decision that I may be able to have some additional fun if I was in a classroom around a whole bunch of folks. Mm -hmm. And so I started going to college in 93 and I graduated with a four year degree, my bachelor's degree in individualized studies. Um, after attending six colleges and universities to piecemeal and send back to VSU um, the work that I've done. So because I was in the military, it was this program called a SOCAD program allows you to send your your coursework back. You had to get it approved before you take it. And everywhere I went, as far as my duty station, I made sure they knew where I was at, took what I took, and, uh, and graduated. And then, um, of course, that helped me with promotion. And, and then um, after my time with the military was up the first time, um, I was out doing my thing professionally and happened to be in Fort Benning, Georgia, and stopped by Columbus State University, handling things for work in my consultant role. And the person that was over there, Dr. Archie Rainey, he's like, you ever thought about this? And because of my law enforcement background, um, there was this program called the Georgia Law Enforcement Command College. I guess I'm going to start telling people a little bit more about me. They never heard this. That's right. Georgia I, Law Enforcement Command College. Mm -hmm. And that is a, um, um, a program that was in partnership with the Georgia Association of Chiefs of Police. And it was for those who were in senior level law enforcement positions that couldn't leave the job of law enforcement to sit in the classroom every week from uh, 6 to 9 p.m. on Tuesday and Thursday, right? Law enforcement is unpredictable. So I was in investigations uh, pretty much my whole career. And, and I did that program over a two-year period. Um, graduated with my master's of public administration um, from Columbus State University and then thought I would just go back and do whatever I was doing. You know, sometimes when you get a degree or two, you'd be like, okay, I'm done. Right. Because it was it was kind of brutal. Yeah. 
And then I, I started working in higher education um, at Troy University. And then I quickly, you know, said, I just want some more. And I wanted some theological education and, and tried a couple of uh, non-accredited programs and some uh, the ones they send you the books. You know, I just wanted I just wanted to learn more about God and the Bible. You know, I started walking with Christ around that time and it just wasn't working. And so uh, I thought that my job was going to kind of allow me to get off work a little bit early every now and then to. To, to go to what was then seminary. That's what was in my path. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. And so I quit. And then I became a full-time seminary student. Um, <laughs> full-grown wife, children, bills, everything. Yeah, um, he said, okay, honey, my, today was my last day. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was. She was like, did somebody make you mad? I was like, nah, did you fight with somebody? She was like, nah. I was like, remember that conversation we had a little bit back about uh, if you could just bring in this amount of money, we should be good. And I was like, well, today's the day. Um, and so I attended Columbia Theological Seminary in Decatur, Georgia, traveled back and forth from Columbus um, a couple of times a week and um, earned a master's of arts in theological studies. And I focused on ethics because I just felt the world had a lot of ethical problems going on and hoped I was going to get back into higher education after that. Um, and then it did not happen. And I go back to the field and doing what I was doing in my uh, career. And then next thing you know, I got approached about this doctorate of ministry degree from New York Theological Seminary. And I'm like, well, I'm down in Georgia. I'm gonna get to New York. It's like, no, we're gonna meet in Atlanta as a cohort. And I was like, interesting, let me check this out. And so I got to give big ups to um, uh, Professor Dr. Uh, Marcia Riggs, who was the person who was leading this. And, and I found out that a lot of problems and issues that people have in life is based on conflict, right? And conflict is nothing more than a clash of ideas and thoughts that we have about things, people, or situations. And so uh, I graduated from NYTS with the, the doctorate of ministry degree. And, and that was my, my journey to higher education um, or obtaining degrees in higher education. Well, let me ask you this. The, from graduation to obtaining your doctorate, how many years after high school did you have to be in school? Wow. So we're talking. Um, wow. 15 years. Wow. See, and this is one thing that oh, I- 25, no, 25 from, for all four of them. Yeah. So from 90 to 2015. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, 25 years and, to get all this, four degrees. And this is, and this is what I really am trying to emphasize to the next generation. I'm getting older I'm like the, you know, the next generation that I've been speaking to, I'm getting further and further away from them. Every time I go to the high school, the kids are looking younger and younger. You understand, doctor? I'm like, yes, sir. how did y'all get in this, in the, to the school? But one of the things that I try to, in, in one of my trainings that I do, it's about mirrors. And every letter in the word mirrors means something. So the, one of the mm-hmm. R's in mirrors is rigor. And I, I, you got to understand that some things that you're going, if you want to accomplish, if you want to go after them, it's going to be rigorous. It's going to, it's, it's not just going to be handed to you. And mm. j- case in point, you, you know, you went through school for two decades to get to where you are today. And, and I, I want, I want people to understand that when we talk about impact, this man wouldn't have to do anything else but just tell you that story right there to see 
that it, that he had the tenacity, the discipline, the drive, and the faith. Because you kind of jumped out in faith and said, "Hey, look, I'm I'm done working," and 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 that's all a part of this of this whole thing called impact. And we're blessed today to have in our virtual studios the one and only, the one and only Dr. Nate Dunlap from Opa Lyca. Alabama. See, I got it right. I spelled it out phonetically too, so I didn't mess it up, Doctor. <laughs> I spelled it L I K E A. <laughs> but a friend uh, to this program, to this show, to this movement, and you can connect with him immediately. I would love for you to do that. Go to prfinstitute.org. Is that the place where you like everybody to? to we want us to point them to, or you want us to go somewhere else? Prfinstitute.org. That is it. PRFinstitute.org. Greg, if you could put that in the chat one more time, PRFinstitute.org. And one of the things that, you know, it, it's really interesting, PRF, because it's like, who ate my brownie? A lot of people just automatically assume that I'm, I'm offering cooking lessons. They don't know. So when they hear PRF, they're like, okay, so let's peel back the onion and see what this is about. But before we go into each letter of the, of the PRF, what um, what led Dr. Nate Dunlap to go that next element of faith and launch the PRF Institute? So, yeah, so um, I guess sharing a little bit more about my, my background. Um, when I got into the law enforcement field, my, my first uh, stint, if you will, was on the drug scene, right? Mm -hmm. um, doing, you know, the undercover spots. And uh and then I started working in economic crimes. And because I had a background in logistics, I was really pretty good with fraud and um, different type of economic crimes, the white collar crimes and, and all of that. Right. And, and so what I realized was that there was a, a connection between those two. Most people didn't sell drugs except for to make money. A lot of people sold drugs in my neighborhood to get out the hood or to get possessions that um they envied other folks from having or things that they knew they were not going to get just working, you know, $10 an hour at a job. And, and then on the other part, you know, I, I was seeing where people were making decisions out of necessity, right? Um, not having enough money. So deciding to uh, float checks or write bad checks and stealing from other folks and all of that. And I think as I um, really started my walk with Christ around 2000, 2001 timeframe, um, I really started to understand that all the things that God has allowed me to be a part of and in my career was not just about helping folks to go to jail if that's where they wanted to go because of the things that they were doing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was starting to become a little or a lot more compassionate for the people that were engaging in these type of activities. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and God started um, bringing more people across my path on a professional level that I had an opportunity, many opportunities to minister to. Mm -hmm. and, and it started becoming clear that, you know, when I started becoming active in church, um, where was the church? Right. I'm like, well, how come we ain't helping folks with all of this? And how come we, we tripping on folks that don't pay tithes and well, they struggling. They just got laid off. What you want from them? So I started having a lot of questions and then I did what they told me to do. So I, I am who I am for all the people who pushed me and told me to read the Bible. So since I read the Bible and I saw what the Bible was saying, I was like, how come we ain't doing all this? And so taking all of that was what drove me. And it was kind of like God was saying, 
all right, because, you know, back then I was just rah, rah, rah. Yeah. Um, I said whatever I wanted to say, and sometimes I wasn't too nice at it. Um, my wife would probably tell you a lot of times I wasn't. Um, but then it was like, God was like, okay, you got all this to say, and now let me drop all this stuff on you. And so he was dropping different things on me, and I would just take those those thoughts, and then I just started writing, brother, mm-hmm. and writing. And I didn't know what I was doing. I, I was just writing down, you know, what God was giving me. I wasn't a preacher at the time. I wasn't, you know, actively in ministry. It just was what it was. And I started saying, yeah, there's something to this. There's something to be able to help people in this area so they don't wind up being on the receiving end or so they don't wind up being on the end of where I was getting people on the receiving end, um, you know, over a 29 year career. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's important. You know, this is, this is why I believe you and I connect so well, because I was thinking about, as you were talking about the compassion piece, you know, Mm -hmm. I've never, I'm not going to ask you if you've ever been, I doubt you have, but I've never been to jail, right? Never. And glad you didn't ask that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, you know, Hey, that's hope for somebody that you can still go to jail and still be something in your life. That's right. We didn't, we don't, we don't ever prep for our shows. So (laughs) I do have some guardrails, man, (laughs) but you know, whether you have or you haven't, when I go into those those cold steel iron doors every month at, at the Craven County oh. Jail, it has really elevated my compassion for humanity, brother. You know, oh. what I mean? we we go there on our own time, our own dime, our own effort and energy, and they can't pay, but we just continue to go because I'm like, man, if we can just if we can touch one of these people in here. Then, then uh-huh. it'll be worth it. And, and I'm, I'm just amazed to hear how God tugged at your heart and took you through all this kind of labyrinth of, of direction for you to be able to see and have it illuminated before you, the needs in, in society. Now, one thing that you said, and you say often, for those of you who don't know, I'm talking to the great Dr. Nate Dunlap. You can find him at prfinstitute.org. He's out of Opelika, Georgia, but he's world-renowned. One of the things that I I heard you say is where was the church? Yeah. And you are on a mission to kind of uh, wake the church up in these regards, because are you seeing you, you alluded to it that we're not seeing these things talked about in the sanctuary, right? Where'd you go, doctor? Are you thinking? Yeah, um, I, I never, let me just answer, like, again, I never thought that that this would be anything that I would be doing, right? Yeah. This is not something that um, I set out to be my career path. It's just, um, I preach about this on Sunday, man, when, when people need help, who is going to help? Right. And, and, and if you don't do it, who else is going to do it? So that's where a lot of this honestly has come from is, is me being the one not to run and be the first one into the fire. The mm-hmm. doggone, am I going to sit out there uh, giving uh, interviews with the news station talking about, yeah, man, it was, it was, it was, it was bad. Like, dude, you saw it before it became engulfed. 
right. right? Before it became what it was. You saw it when somebody ran out the building when it was just in one bedroom. You know what I'm saying? Um, and could have done something about it. And I just, I think, brother, I just have this reverential fear of God um, to when I can help. And especially when God is leading um, and equipped me to do it and anointed me to do it, or called or sent. And man, if I don't do my part, then I'm just as guilty as the jokers who um, sit there with power, privilege, money, um, positionality mm -hmm. um, and, and decide I'm not going to fool with that because of. Well, and, and that's that's what I love about it, you know, because it's like, hey, I, I tell this to people often. I may not be able to come by and help you because you just referred to fire. I'm going to use it in a different reference. I may not be able to come by and, and help you build your total bonfire, but I can come by and fan the flames. You know what I mean? I can come by and fan the smoke and, and the coals. And and we, right. we do have to we do have to not live this life with blinders on because God called us to, to each other. So when, when you, when did you found P PRF? Uh, I would tell you the first time that we actually taught um, PRF was in actually yesterday was the 15 year anniversary of oh, the wow. first time that we ever went somewhere. And the first time we stood in front of people saying, Here's what we know about possessions, resources, and finances down in Biloxi, Mississippi. Mm. Um, and, and so that's when the journey began. Um, you know, I didn't set out for this to be a nonprofit organization or not-for-profit um, mm. organization. I didn't um, look for this to be my business or anything. It was, let's just go and do the work. Right. Um, and, and it took, you know, several years of trying to figure out what we were doing and um, you know, because I was working at the time also. So I wasn't, you know, it wasn't like I put everything into this every single day. Right. Um, and then trying to learn what are the different ways that we needed to help people. And, and, and so I think we're at a pretty, I know we're at a really good spot after all these, these years, but it never was something that we set out to do. Well, let's get into it because, you know, many people, for those of you who are listening to our, our listening audience, which is downloaded in 49 of the 50 states and 32 different countries, I want you guys to understand you can't see the great doctor, but you can definitely hear the passion and, and sobriety in his voice about this. He's so serious about this message and this purpose and this mission that God has had him on. PRF. So when you're, when, when you're talking the P, possessions how do you what what does that how does dr dunlap and and prf institute help people understand the the role of possessions in their life so the 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 basic approach is let's do an assessment let's find out where you are right right because everything does not fit everybody and sometimes people will come to us for one thing, and after we do an assessment, we can say they may need C, right? C may be really important to them, but we know that A is going to really help you to get to dealing with C. And so when people, when we talk about possessions, um, I'm oftentimes, not myself individually, but our team, we're dealing with people that sometimes have stuff that they should not have, Ooh. stuff that they should not have purchased, okay. stuff that they should have let go long ago. Stuff, um, stuff, 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 right? And, and those things have a financial impact a lot of times, right? Um, somebody purchased a car, 
and it's paying seven hundred dollars a month for nineteen ninety nine. Right, right, because they got bad credit. Right, right, and so they're trying to keep up with stuff a lot of times that they should not have because they're could have been a better way or a different way of going to get a vehicle versus something like that. Yeah. Um, so trying to help people to understand, listen, everything is about stewardship and it's how do you take care of the things that God has given to you? Now, when we say that, one of the things that we teach with um, the, the five, uh, one of the five components of, of stewardship is you can't manage that which God did not give to you. Ooh. Wow, that's so. Good. So yeah, so you decide to go out there and to buy a car that you know you really can't afford. God don't do that. That was you. <laughs> well, you know, so, uh, and, and, uh, yes, he's so right, y'all. Y'all, y'all listening to this out there again, Doctor Nate Dunlap? He dropped some golden nuggets, some diamonds, but he said you can't manage what God did not give you, and we sometimes blame it on God. Oh, hey, I, my blessing came in, right? How Doc? Mm-hmm. yeah that's right so so we you know you know it's not about beating anybody up it's like listen right. you shouldn't have had this in the first place right because you couldn't afford it could have been a house right whatever it was but now we're in this spot where it's tough so sometimes we got to help people to release that thing which is holding them down and holding them back okay got to release it right doesn't mean you just turn the car back in because that's going to hurt your credit hurt the person's credit as well but it's let's at least start trying to explore how you can deal with that possession that's causing you so much pain and so much grief. Right. And it may be, let's put this thing on Facebook marketplace. Let's put this on Craigslist. Let's put a for sale sign. You, you drive to a high traffic area every single day, put a for sale sign in there and maybe try to get from up under that possession so that you can get and have possession over the thing that God would want you to have. Listen, I'm, I'm not ashamed to tell you, I used to drive a 745 IL big body and I traded that bad boy in and brought a Nissan Versa with no radio, no, <laughs> no automatic, uh, elect, no electric windows. Yeah. And it didn't matter because my, the way I, I look and view possessions, possessions can never be my God. Ah, yeah, that's good. Possessions cannot be your God. I hope y'all wrote that one down. Cause that's a good one. And, I, and I'm thinking about that because when we talk possessions and the timing of them, let me pick your brain on this since everybody's looking over our shoulder, you know, the world is listening to you and I right now. It, it, could we look at possessions and timing together? Like it may not be that you shouldn't have a car, but maybe the timing isn't right for you to have that car. Absolutely. And, and again, it, it, it the- Depends on the approach that you are are taking before you get something right. The book of Proverbs tells us in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Yes. Right. So I remember back in my early military days, you know what we you know what used to be taught in the army back in the day. As a young soldier, you better not go out and buy a car without talking to me as your supervisor first. Mm, mm. See, it was about accountability. And so there's these other pieces of stewardship, accountability and responsibility um, that that also come into play. But but the timing could have been right if you had the right guidance. Oh, see, okay. Right? Sometimes yeah. people like to make a, a move right now. It wasn't that you shouldn't have brought a car right now. You needed a car. But did you need to buy that car right now? Right. 
right? You just got to the duty station. I'm talking military terms, right? You just got to the duty station. You don't know who's who's the the joke that's ripping soldiers off at the car dealership. You don't know who those folks are. So you got so yeah. So this this whole thing about you know uh, safety because of decisions that are being made for people that care and and love you enough, and that's what we do as parents, right? right? I'm gonna tell my daughter if you're messing around with a knucklehead right. or if that joke don't don't. And don't have good intentions, right? Why would I not? I'm a good father. That's what a good father does. And that's the way God would do with us if we're willing to connect with him. That's good. And, you know, it's interesting. Greg says no cars as an E3. And I will say this because, you know, Greg and I are former Marines. You're you're an Army officer. But, you know, I have some vested interest in the Army now myself, too, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. That's you right. can that's, never say nothing bad about that's the Army. That's right, baby. I, I love the Army. He took, he took that boy got him out of my house. Yes, Lord. But uh, one thing that I love about the Army, I don't necessarily recall it happening for me like this as a Marine. But when Chris checked in to, to Colorado, Fort, Fort Carson, it was like they they had a plan like he was going to have a mentor and that mentor that that e5 or whatever was going to help him navigate through these things you know now you're getting a you're getting a check more money than you've ever made but that doesn't mean you go out here and, and blow it the, it was it was they are very very seemingly very big on mentorship now uh and i was very appreciative of that good yeah, and and you know the Marine Corps not hitting the Marine Corps, y'all. I love the Marine Corps, but they just said, "Hey, get over there and grab that." You know what I mean? It was, <laughs> I don't know if they mentored anything, uh, but in you know what I see now is in this town that we live in, Impactville. I see all these nice cars rolling down the street, all these high end cars. I'm like, man, what kind of what kind of salaries is going on with this? But anyway, that's why that's why it's important, like you you said getting wisdom and counsel and, 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 and being accountable to someone that that's, that's been there and done that. Right, doc. That's right. That's right. And, and, and I will say this, um, it all goes back to leadership, mm -hmm. right? Um, if you, if you are a good leader, I don't care whether I'm talking about church or talking about on the basketball court as a coach, um, football field, if you are a good leader, you have a vested interest and making sure that you do everything that you possibly can to, to help people to live the best lives that they lives that they can actually live. Right. Right. And so if people are out here struggling financially, they're making um, dumb mistakes. Um, they're making intentional um, bad choices. Right. You know, th there has to be the question of, okay, who's their leader. That's true. You know, I tell people all day who the pastor when I, when I, what church you go to, right? <laughs> Not that we call nobody out, but right, I'm just saying, right, maybe right. I can have a conversation like, listen, you got some folks and I've done this, right? I never break confidentiality and everybody knows I'm a team not to do this, but I, I, I got tired at one point in time and uh, reached out to a, a, a pastor like, listen, I think it'd be a really good idea if you allow us to come in and talk about X, Y, and Z. I couldn't tell this pastor because I got five of your people right now. <laughs> that are connecting with us and you probably got a whole bunch more within your house. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Yeah. That's good. So, you know, understanding possessions, understanding how to respect them, understanding the timing to, to acquire them and then having the, you know, this thing could be a millstone around your neck, this possession, whatever it is, having, having the, 
the humility to say, man, I, I, I'm not going to continue to, I'm going to get the for sale sign, like Dr. Dunlap said, and put this thing out. And, and, and then, you know, the, the relief from that, because I've, I've been in that position before. Uh, it, it went even more south for me back when I had my gold Dodge Caravan. I, I thought I was had arrived, brother, and uh, I couldn't afford it. <laughs> couldn't afford it. Okay. You know I mean? And and they, they came one day, backed up to my single wide trailer, and uh, I heard this tow truck backing up. And I thought, man, I didn't break down. I don't know why a tow truck is out there. <laughs> He's, he he came to the door and said, uh, do you want to get those car seats out of this uh, van? Because we are taking it away. Oh, my. Yeah, boy, you talk. I only had uh, two kids at the time, but it was it was uh, we, we shouldn't have gotten that that new of a vehicle at that time. We couldn't afford mm-hmm. it. I wasn't making enough money. Charity wasn't working. And uh, so when times got tight, we just didn't pay the payment. And, right. and and but I will tell you this. Now, that's 20, 25 years ago. I will tell you this that once they took it and we had to go get us an old beater, right? That that opened my eyes to number one, hey, look, I'm gonna have to do some things different before I buy and finance another car. Number two, I, f- I felt release because it was causing tension in our marriage. You know, every time the, the bill came, it, you know what I mean? It was a stress, right. it was a strain. And so to, to for them to, take that away from me actually was a blessing. And I talk about that in a lot of my speeches, man. It's like, you know, I was trying to hold on to something that it wasn't my time to have brother. Right. Right. And and thank God for that wisdom. Um, even though it was painful, right. Thank God for the wisdom. Yeah. It was embarrassing, man. You know, your wife's standing there like, uh, what, what are we going to do now? I'm just like, well, they didn't have Uber back then. So <laughs> I guess we're going to take a taxi. Dixie cab, Dixie cab. <laughs> So resources, we've dealing with possessions, but resources are another area where you help people. And I love that you said that you do assessments with folks. So if you would like to connect with Dr. Dunlap, if you'd like to have him come to your church, your organization, um, and your faith-based group, all you got to do is go to prfinstitute.org and you you can connect with him and and lay out the groundwork, do the brainstorming together with him. He's extremely knowledgeable, very compassionate, very patient. I mean, he's got me for a friend, so you know he got to have patience. P R F. So the R is resources. How do you how do you guys help uh, in in that area? Well, you know, it 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 for some people it can kind of be misleading, right? So I'm glad you asked the question about the resource because here's the thing. Um, resources is something that can aid you or aid somebody else um, in a situation. Mm-hmm. Now, a resource, you know, let's talk about what resources are. Um, a resource is a job. A resource is that land that you have in the backyard that you can grow your own food, right? It's the possession, but the resource because it produces something, oh. right? Um, my car can be a resource if I have to use it to drive 30 minutes to work every day to be able to make the money, which is the finances. Right. And so we try to help people to understand what are the resources in your life. Don't just come looking to us to giving you all of the resources. We'll provide what we have. But I need you to be like Second uh, uh, Kings uh, chapter four, um, um, where uh, Elisha and the widow woman. Right. Mm -hmm. What do you have in the house? 
because a lot of times people don't they don't know and don't really look at what they have as being resources to help their own situation. So I, I need people to, to be willing to let us point some things out to you. Oh, you don't have to to do X because how much money you got in the bank? Well, you know, I got, you know, we got a thousand dollars, but you know, I'm trying to save that. You done got two flat tires. <laughs> That's why you had to save, right? Right, right. right? Um, or resource can be, and, and it, it, a lot of some, the, the whole thing with possession resource and finances, we're showing people how all of these are interconnected. So kind of think of it like as a triangle, yeah. right? Think of it as the P is the top pinnacle. The R is over here on, on your left and, uh, and the F is on the on right. And how, when there's a disruption in your life, how does one or the other ones get affected? Mm-hmm. Now, on the flip side, as things are going cool, how are all these things flowing? The key is if you start understanding how these things are flowing together, then maybe you'll do better by taking care of your possessions. Because then if that car breaks down and you keep it nasty and you got McDonald bags all over the place, <laughs> Go ahead and, and then you're like, Lord, give me another car. And Lord may be like, so you can do the same thing you're doing to that one that you're doing to this one. Mm. Right. And those are times when you don't want to hear those type of things or you don't want to hear well, I'm not going to give you this because of how you treated that. Right. So the R is the resources. And, and I'll sum it up with this. We teach people, and it took a while for me to really embrace this mm-hmm. because I was really focusing on stuff. What are the things that can ha- make things happen? Okay. And you know what God revealed to me after a couple of years? What? The number one greatest resource that God has is not gold. It's not diamonds. It's, not, it's, it's none of that stuff. It's people. Wow. We are God's greatest resource. God is the source. We are the resource. (laughs) So if we are the resource, if you subscribe to that and can believe what I'm putting down, then that means there's nothing that we have, nothing that that you have or that you need, excuse me, that somebody else does not have. Right. You did not hire yourself in your job. You did not build the car that you drive. You did not build this high tech definition studio <laughs> by yourself. Right. You made exactly. right. You ordered stuff. So and, and we got people that have all these skills. And, 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 and so when I take it from a, a biblical perspective. Right. You know what it really means? The operation is really gifts. <laughs> yeah, that's right, brother. Yep. Sometimes I got to start at a basic spot, right? And right, and try right. to address what, what you need right now. Right. But it's gifts. So so my gift of teaching can mean a whole lot more than me giving you $25 for a situation. Hmm. Because if you get into that situation again, all I've done was gave you a fish, but I had the ability to teach you a fish. The question is, do you want to learn how to fish or do you just want to eat? Oh my, that's, that, that's powerful. <laughs> so uh, I was, I worked for a captain, a Navy captain one time, and he said that our greatest resource, it's funny you said this, but I just, I envisioned him come up just as clear as day, Captain Dare. He said, our greatest resource is our people. And, yep. and he, and he recognized that. And, and, and you're right. And that's why 
I feel like in, in these times, doctor, why I've really tried to work hard on relationship, you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Because if I can, and this is the way I truly feel, and I know you feel the same way. If I can connect you with a place that I, I have no influence, but you can go there Mm -hmm. and make a difference. And it brings in, you know, a million and a half dollars for PRF. First thing you're going to do, you're going to hire me. But then the second thing you're going to do is you're going to be able to help so many more people. And, and at the end of the day, if it, if it really isn't about, if we don't recognize uh, the greatest resource around us, then, you know, we are just chasing things. And and, and I'll say this, because you may be ready to go to, to the F. How in the world, just think about this for a moment. Matthew 25 is really critical. Right. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was sick, you came to see about me in prison, right? When I was naked, you gave me clothes. Right. I'm not running down out. But think about it. How in the world, if somebody's hungry, can you feed them if you don't have nothing? That's true. How can I how can I help somebody who's thirsty? If I don't have water myself. Yeah. But if I don't have water, but you got water, Brother King, then I should be trying to get some water for myself and you. That means now maybe instead of getting the whole gallon, I get a whole gallon because you give it to me, but I give my brother a half of that gallon. Right, right. Now we both eat. I come from the streets of Philly where when one person eat, we all eat. That's the mentality. Yeah. And I just believe before I even knew it, that's the Christian way. <laughs> what <Before> I do <laughs> well you know if you're going to eat in Philly you must have a Philly cheesesteak because I tell you I've had one uh, on two occasions and they are the best thing ever 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 uh, don't get no better than that yeah, don't get no better than that and, and we come down here you know we have these festivals down here and they try to you know it's almost an insult they should just they should shut them down there should not be allowed any Philly cheesesteaks outside of Philly right brother <laughs> and listen let me just help y'all People in Philly don't call Philly cheesesteaks. It's just cheesesteaks. And let me tell you, I was in Cleveland um, last month, and I found a spot called Cabo's Uh in Cleveland that had cheesesteaks, brother. And I'm going to tell you, I ate there twice while I was there. Oh, really? Real deal. So you was in my neck of the woods. Real deal. Yes, sir. My old stomping grounds up there in the Iron City, man. Okay. Well, I also want to tell you guys real quick before we we run out of time, because, you know, me and Dr. Dunlap, we probably talk for like seven days straight. I want you to tell, tell you about a book that I have of his. It's called What's Next? Preparing for Eternity. I have a right here in my possession. I have a signed copy, y'all. He's got Look four of my books. I feel terrible. I need to I need to go buy some more of his. Greg said in the comments that he's waiting on the new book that's coming out that you teased us with a little while ago. So you know, just remember we don't forget. Greg's in forensics. He go he watching you, bro. <laughs> oh, see, it, 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 there we, we go. We, we working on there it, we man. I, I I just can't force it, man. That's all. Yeah, I just can't force it. And that's the truth. And when I, I remember when I we were doing my book, Greg had said we need to have the book finished by seven twenty four. You know, to go with seven seven. You know, seven days a week, twenty four seven. And when I got to seven twenty four, I wasn't finished. It, it wasn't mm-hmm. done. And you don't want to just throw something together just for the sake of a date, you know? So again, you can get a copy of this book, What's Next, Preparing for Eternity, and also his his other book that he has. Uh, the the book is called Don't Leave Me Like This. 
inspiration to leave a legacy right there. And you can get both of those. Can they go, would you like them to go to Amazon or to your website? They're on the website. They're right, on the so website. PRF, that way I get the, get the autograph for you. That's right. PRFinstitute.org. Get your copies of this and then sew these into or give these into the lives of someone else. And um, just give us a quick snapshot of what what's next preparing for eternity is about, doctor. Yeah. So it's 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 really a book that was it's crazy because it was done right before COVID. Mm-hmm. It published it published it right before COVID. And when people pass away, um, there's a need to for people to be able to grieve right. and to grieve in a healthy way. And we have found that a lot of times people don't have the opportunity to grieve because they're trying to handle all the other stuff right. that comes with a household that may have had two people in the household. Now it's only one or the breadwinner is now gone or whatever the case may be. And so um, I'm painting this picture that it's a long road ahead for individuals that are experiencing grief, but it doesn't have to be as long in a way that it's not as long is when you have a resource like this book that will say, here's the things that somebody needs to do. And it takes the pressure. If you just operate as destinations in this book and it takes the pressure off of the one who may have had the most uh, direct loss. Right. So that somebody else can say, okay, I know he ain't thinking about this right now because he just lost his father or whoever. And so that's, oh, what does it say about how to deal with a mortgage, right? Oh, what does it say about having certain bills in a person's name? You know, I hear all this type of stuff from folks that say, oh yeah, I gotta pay this bill. No, your grandmama gone, Mm -hmm. that ain't your bill, right? And so we we have to help people in a very um, authentic way while allowing people to grieve so that that period of eternity that they're no longer going to see their loved one doesn't have to be prolonged um, by all the heartache and pain that comes with trying to deal with financial matters when somebody's gone. That's so good, man. Yeah, it is a good book, Greg. And it's funny. He said right before COVID, my signed copy is 6-3-2019. And um, man, mm-hmm. just, just six months later, how the world turned upside down, didn't it, brother? That's right. Man, that's right. That's something. And then the second book uh, that he that he wrote, and he's working on his third We'll give him a shout out for that in a minute. But the the second book that he's working on or that he has completed is Don't Leave Me Like This, Inspiration, Leave a Legacy, right? That's your second book. That's the first one, actually. That's the first one, right. Tell us yeah. a little bit about that. Um, Yeah, so in short, I had three father figures uh, in my life and all three of them passed away within a two-year period. And there were some things that all three of them just did not have together when it came to estate planning. And, and that caused a whole bunch of extra grief that, you know, I just felt I should not have had to deal with. And so, um, again, again, a lot of times God uses my pain to help relieve the pain of others. And so I'm telling that part of my story, um, honoring those men in my life. Um, but at the same time saying, listen, um, don't leave me like this. That, that That's a question or a statement that I could ask to all three of those um, powerful men um, that I miss and love dearly in my life. And nobody should have to hear that, right? Nobody should have to be crying out. Mm-hmm. Um, don't leave me like this, right? Can't help that they, they left me, right? If that's how I feel about it. But like this, <laughs> where I can't handle certain business, <laughs> where the house is no longer my house, where I can't go back to the place that I grew up in because the house is now gone, because we didn't have paperwork and a will in place and advanced directive, 
all that type of stuff. So, um, you know, I think it's still powerful. You know, I think between my book and COVID-19 and the million plus people dying, um, people should be running to us in droves yeah. saying, how do you help us to get our estate plan and affairs in order? And it's not going to cost your, uh, uh, a left arm and a finger and a foot. <laughs> just, just reach out to us. Let us get what we got to get done. We then gave away $54,000, my last count of estate planning services. And that may have been in like the last two, three years. So, wow. And again, I want you to connect with Dr. Dunlap. You can find him at and his team at prfinstitute.com. I went to the website today just to just to check out the board and everybody and, and all the the setup. They 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 have it a seamless entry into their into their organization. And I'm telling you, if you have questions, this is the place to go. I, I'm really I'm really just petitioning you all. Listen, prfinstitute.org. Now let me ask about the the last one because you know we're up against the clock. And the, the other people that already text me, are we still doing it? Yes, relax. We got this. This is a professional enterprise here, y'all. We, we got this. Greg says, you're doing two shows tonight? I said, bro, I could do four shows tonight. Just let me run this thing. The, the, the F in PRF stands for finances. And yeah. help us understand how PRF Institute um, is looking to help 200,000 people in the next seven years in the realm of finances. Yeah, so the, the, the vision of PRF is to assist with the economic landscape or economic transformation of 200,000 people over the next seven years. We're already about two years in, so that means we got still a, a pretty long way to go. And, and, and the F, uh, which stands for finances, is yes, we're talking about money. Right. But the whole vision is for everything. Right. It doesn't it's not just one of the particular areas. Um, but what we found out is that um, there's a lot of things financially um, that people really have to start taking into account. Um, if you go back to COVID-19 during that time when March of 2020 hit, um, a lot of the situations that happened in people's lives was because um, they had not been to PRF yet. Right. Or they not take it seriously what we've been talking about for all of those years. And, and now people have to take a, a personal responsibility for their situations, right? While having somebody else like us to do the one-on-one -on -one, um, financial coaching is what we do so that we can help people to be accountable and make their goals. And so we're really good at, at helping people to devise a, a plan and also helping the people to, uh, to work their plan. And again, we need that accountability. If we don't have the accountability, um, there's a lot of information that's out there. That doesn't mean people are going to do anything with it. And so um, we are looking to really help people to get to a much better place. It's been happening. I mean, we've been helping a lot of people. I mean, it's amazing. Um, one of the things I'm, I'm proud of, and it'll be kind of released maybe next week. So I'll share it with you. I'm always sharing something brand new with you. I love it. I love it. That's because I'm an insider, brother. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to share this for the insider um, of the crew. But one of the things that um, we know is medical debt um, really affects a lot of people. And we've been watching it. We've seen some things over the years. And so we embarked on that this year. And uh, I got the report back the other last week, a week before last. And uh, we, we, we collected money, got donations, thankful for everybody who participated. But we helped to eliminate $1.119 million of medical debt. Oh um, recently, and this is for um, six of the well, six 
counties in the state of Alabama that has some high poverty. Poverty rate in Alabama is 15.5, 15.6. And every county that we were able to help people in those counties, the poverty rate was, I think, at least 24%. No way. So it's finding, to, to sum it up, um, we just pay attention to specific things that will help specific demographics of people, mm-hmm. right? Um, how else do we get to this 200,000? What we do inside of the jail, right? inside of the correctional part of our, um, the correctional side of our criminal justice system. Mm-hmm. We don't wait for folks to get out that's already going through stuff. Right. We go inside the jail, right? We go behind the walls and not just to do singing and praying and um, Bible study. It's like, no, somebody else is doing that. Y'all good. But let's talk about how much it's going to cost to live on the outside. I don't know how long you've been locked down. You've been locked down for four years. It's going to be different than what it was. A lot of stuff changed, cuz. <laughs> yeah. And so to help them so that they can understand things better, um, we've had some really good success with the Georgia Department of Corrections. Um, really good right now. Um, in the Lee County Jail um, in Opelika, Alabama, um, on our ninth cohort, um, and it's with partnership. And so that's how we're really going to get to helping people, teaching people how to fish that want to learn how to fish or that see the need for them to learn how to fish. Right. Right. Acts chapter eight. Just go look at Acts chapter eight. Um, That story with Ethiopian eunuch. He just came from Jerusalem, came from the worship service. Right. He read and don't know what he read. But he asked a question. The question was asked to him by somebody that had enough care and compassion for him named Philip. Philip said, do you know what you're reading? And Eudic says, I don't know. I don't know unless somebody instructs me or tells me. Right. And that created the relationship of I'm willing to help you. You saying you don't need no or you don't know what you're doing and you need some help. And then you accepted the help. And then there was a beautiful relationship and a whole bunch of things that transpired. Those are the type of things that's happening at the PRF Institute. I love it. And one of the things we got, let's see here, ladies and gentlemen, I think we have six minutes uh, and it seems like I need about six more hours. Go to prfinstitute.org. One thing that has been in my brain, I'm trying to get to it. Two ministers can't be on the same show because we love to talk. <laughs> Every time, man. Uh, you Every know what time. I mean? like, okay. Uh, two things. The one thing I want to talk about real quick is the assessment. The second thing I want to talk about is the work that you did during COVID. Remember that that online marathon that you did during the COVID-19 that you that that was that was unprecedented. That was groundbreaking. So let's go first the assessment. If someone comes in cuz I love what you said about that. I go to the doctor's office. These guys been to school, but they have a tendency to do an assessment with me every time I go in if I if I need something. And I I used to say, well, wait a minute, you the doctor, tell me what's wrong. But right. they want to they want to hear from me where I am. And and how how does your assessment work? Real simple. If you go to the the section of our website called How We Help, you'll see a drop down menu and it says assessments. We have several assessments on our website. We have a general assessment and a stewardship assessment. Anybody who comes to us and wants some assistance from us, um, whether you want it for your church, you're going to do assessments because we want to know where you are. And that way we're able to frame what you're asking for or what you say you have some problems. I mean, we, we got some some things to assess what you're saying so that we be like, oh, this person, man, I realize that that's an issue in their life. Um, and so we do those. But then when there's specific issues or concerns, um, we have assessment for credit and one for debt, planning and savings, giving, tithing, wills, financial healing. 
Um, we get people to fill out those assessments. Once we get those assessments in, um, we review those. And then the next step is to have a consultation, right? And so once you have a consultation, we're going to go through the assessments, not all of them, right? You can't do them all, but we're going to definitely go through at least the general and maybe the stewardship one and then say, okay, from here, here's where we think you need to be going, what you need to be focusing on. Now, if you want us to help, then we say, listen, come and be a part of the PRF Institute um, and, and just sign up to allow us to do the work that God has called us to do it from that point on. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I would say this, most of the people that we help cannot afford us. Wow. Right. So yeah. so it takes having investors to invest in the PRF Institute so that we can continue to investing in people who say that they're willing to invest in themselves. Once I help you, then you're able to invest in somebody else. But I can't expect to get blood out of a turner until we train some, transform some things in your life. That's a true statement. And it, I've, I, what you said in terms of affordability, I experienced that exact same thing. And I have to mm -hmm. find other investors and you're one of them to help us do what we do, doctor. And I, I'm telling Amen. you, when I say, when I say I appreciate it, brother, and Greg and I, on behalf of our entire team, brother, we love and appreciate Dr. Dunlap. One other thing you taught, you did a marathon, uh, training during the COVID uh, 19 uh, out pandemic. Tell us about, give give us a snapshot of what that was like. Uh, it was called 12 days of kingdom preparedness. Listen, um, I already knew some stuff because of what I did for a living. So I already knew it was about to get freaking bad. And I knew that before everybody else. And you know that brother King. Yep. Um, so um, here I am sitting around um, having already prepared in the month of February for what everybody else wasn't really dealing with until March. But one of the things about it was now I had time because I wasn't traveling and God quickly spoke and said, um, kingdom preparedness, like you got to be prepared. It's nothing we can do about certain situations right now. And, and that marathon was here are the 12 things that we needed to be focusing on in the middle of the pandemic. And I promise you, for 12 straight days, it was brutal because we had sometimes two, sometimes three. Um, coming together with different 19 different people, yourself included, from around this country that was all dealing with a certain topic of these 12. Um, yeah. and, and, and man, listen, I, I probably want to write a book about it, right? Yeah. Because it's not going to change. Those are the 12 things that we need to be focusing on in society if we want to have, I would say, life and life more abundantly. So um, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47, go take a look at it. That's all I'll tell you. And, you know, don't wait around for the next pandemic. Don't wait around for the mm -hmm. next crises. This mm -hmm. is what our show is. Our show is uh, Impacting Life 24-7 is a cathedral of resources, right? So we have brought to you one of the most sought after experts on possessions, resources, and finances. And if you know, if it's not you, but you know your, your church or organization or civic group or whoever, uh, we want to plug you into an entity that it operates with integrity that has a leadership based with compassion and somebody that gets an organization that gets results this is the prf institute prf possessions resources and finances and dr dunlap when will that next book be done we're gonna put you on the hook we just want to know i don't know <laughs> he said i well that was a great answer you know what you know what? That's one of the best answers you can give. 
oftentimes, sometimes people feel like you got to have an answer for everything. The other day, somebody asked me something. I said, I have no clue. I have no clue. And they looked at me like, why aren't you CL King? I said, I'm not, I'm not God almighty. I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? mm -hmm. Well, take your time. But when it comes out, we will definitely, obviously we'll have you back before then. But when you're, when you're finished and you want to do a launch on this show, uh, consider this a platform you can launch your book from. Okay. Dr. Dunlap. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. You know, this show is only supposed to be 30 minutes and look at us. Uh, one solid hour and we didn't even scratch the surface but you can scratch the surface and go way deeper to connect with my friend Dr. Nate Dunlap Jr. I've been leaving that off. Go to prfinstitute.org and connect with him today. Any closing thoughts Dr. Dunlap? God bless y'all. Thank y'all. Connect with me. Let's do it now. Okay, connect with him. Go to prfinstitute.org. And for those of you watching, you want to stick around for our number two of Impacting Life 24-7. We'll be with you in just a few moments. Thank you, Dr. Dunlap. I love you. Love your support. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much for all that you do for us and what you're doing for America and throughout the world. You as well. God bless. Have a great night.